We are two best friends talking about life inside and outside of the gym as women, daughters, sisters, aunties, coaches, and friends. We will tackle topics ranging from the nervous system, divorce, body image, and dating in your 40s. We also like to nerd out on the inner workings of the heart, mind, and body. All content, opinions, and ideas are taken from our 47 years of combined coaching experience and is not medical advice. We don't apologize for being strong or believing we can change the world. We don't take ourselves too seriously around here, and we invite you to do the same. Well, hello. Hello there, um, and welcome to the Dear Life I'm In podcast. I am Chantel Dayton. And I am Lou Crenshaw. <laughs> you were just it, who that. is this imposter? <laughs> Who's this teenage boy on the other end <laughs> whose balls are just dropping? Oh, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so Lou, your voice is a little raspy. You guys, I have very sensitive vocal cords. <laughs> They're very sensitive. They're so sensitive. Well, Chantal, why don't you fill all of our listeners in as to why my vocal cords are so trashed? Well, we got to work with a film crew, so a movie crew, so actors and actresses and Fireside the, Film Co. Yes, the uh, the director and then also um, their like lighting and sound cast and, and crew. Yeah, the whole group. And so um, yeah, we had them into the gym. So Bailey Tony is the director of a movie that um, is just going to kick butt. Well, it's, how do we know about this movie? Well, um, Bailey had mentioned uh, that she was going to be filming the movie here in the Valley. And she she actually she told us about this and we were super excited for her she had reached out to people that she knew here in the valley and said hey do you have some places that uh i need a ranch house i need she needed certain things for for the film and so she reached out to uh her local people and um and then i just in a very cheeky way, just had also commented and said, hey, if you need anybody to kick anybody in the head, I'm your girl. And it was kind of a joke. And and then a couple weeks later, um, she sent me a text and said, hey, um, I'm looking for somebody to do some fight choreography for the film. Would you like to do it? And I was like, uh, I mean, no hesitation. I didn't even look at my look at my schedule. I didn't even I was just like, yes. So yes. you're basically the stunt coordinator. Yes. So I was able to um, choreograph some fight scenes, which was an absolute blast. Um, and then also do some, there weren't too many like stunts on the set, um, but fight choreography and then stunt work, I guess, kind of just gets clumped in together, which I didn't huh. really know that. Um, and yeah. And so then we did, uh, there was a, bar fight that um that I got to choreograph so like one guy versus three guys it was so much fun and the guys the cast was awesome to work with and so um they were just humble and willing to learn and it was it was very very cool um yeah. 
And then, so when we had them here for the workout, uh, the just, I mean, they got rowdy. We did an incredible workout that we had done before um, with other groups. And it was a, uh, it was basically for team building, getting their, um, just their, their, the whole crew to communicate better, to just do some hard things together. Yeah. And so when they got rowdy, you got rowdy I too. I got a little rowdy too. Well, and let's be honest, I was Chantel's first uh, run through of her bar fight choreography and she may or may not have punched me right in the face. Right in right the in face. Right in the face, right in the upper orbital bone of my <laughs> forehead <laughs> with her fist and uh, probably I didn't my even... middle, my middle big knuckle. Yeah, your middle Whatever big knuckle. Yeah, it was a nice big pop. You can actually watch the video on Instagram. We made mm-hmm. it a reel. <clears throat> and then um, keep your eye out for it because I'm going to do the progression of how it was first put together with you and I. You actually ended up being three bad guys. Three bad guys. Yeah. So I'd like take her down. She'd like pretend like she was down and then she'd get up and then go to the other side and then attack me with another one and I'd pow, 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 get her and then she'd fall and then get up and then go at another angle. And um, so I want to put that together. And then when we went to actually go block the scene, so when basically everybody that is in the scene learns about what's happening and what their positions are and then what the moves and then their responses and then it kind of builds from there. Well, uh, the main guy was in another scene at that point in time. He was actually filming another scene, so he wasn't there. And then um, another one of the actors, he was he hadn't gotten there yet. His flight was delayed. And so the plan was for me to work with all three bad guys and to be like the good guy. And so um, so then there's like a video of that. And then there's the video of it actually happening in uh, in the bar. And it's I want to like just put it all together so you can kind of see the progression because you were. You were my first yeah. bad guys. Yep. yep. Yes. And Bailey is like a little sister to us and we just love her. So it was really fun to support her. But she then asked me, hey, would you um, would you come in and be an extra on the bar fight day? And yeah. so I was the drunk girl coming out of the bathroom crying. That was my role. So I had eyeliner all over my face for most of the day while yeah, I played drunk a drunk girl, girl one, at the bar. And I, I was uh, drunk girl too. Yep. And so that was really cool because it was really, it was cool to be able to um, watch the the scene because we ended up being the drunk girls sitting at the bar when the fight happened. So I actually got to see it, which was actually very fun. Mm-hmm. So working with the with the actors and the actresses was really fun at the gym the other day just to help them find their voices and feel powerful inside of their bodies. And I was like, man, this could be a, a fun side job in the gym of, you know, helping, helping people get inside their bodies for the roles that they're playing. Working with Bailey was really fun as well. So she came to us during, uh, during a time when she had just gotten a role in a movie called The Redeemer. It was a Western, and uh, I think it was like a Western period piece, maybe. Mm-hmm. And her character's name was Kai. And she was this very strong woman. And 
she really wanted to embody the character and she had, you know, she's been to our shift. She has been in the gym and so she knows what she, what we do. And she just said, okay, I want to, you know, I want to be able to get into my body and find my voice. And so we got to, I worked with her for a, maybe a month, two mm-hmm. months, maybe mm-hmm. a couple of days a week. And we just did things that helped her feel strong inside of her body because we can, you know, I can give myself like affirmations in the mirror as to, you know, what I'm thinking and thinking and thinking, but then I'm just thinking these things about myself and I may not be embodying those in my life. Like I'm affirming and affirming and affirming and affirming in the mirror, but my posture doesn't change. So my nervous system is not affected by this. And so we really just created some space for her to be in her body, whether mm-hmm. it be spoon and rolls with the sandbag or med ball slams and sprints and mm-hmm. all sorts. Of, I mean, we did all sorts of stuff and it was so fun. And so being able to take the entire cast and crew to um, to that level all together as a group was so exciting. And to watch them, you know, feel strong, sound strong, mm-hmm. look strong, believe they were strong instead of just, you know, hyping the idea, but actually them embodying the idea physically connected to their bodies with the yeah. sound of their voice and their power. So it was so fun and would absolutely love to do it again. So yeah, Hollywood, send us your peeps. Uh, call us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um, dropjim.com <laughs> you know what's kind of cool is even just talking about this thinking about so this is the third part of a series that we've been doing this yes. is part three of the core pillars and um if you've listened to the the previous two we mentioned in there that contribution is one of those uh those pillars and how interesting it is to look at even being on a on a movie set and we look at a movie and we get the finished product right when we when we as consumers watch a movie um, we watch a series and we see it and you see the actors and you become connected to them and they're quote like the big the big thing but the perspective right so our perspective as you know just like I said, consumers is just watching them and you don't realize that like you're not really there watching them like (laughs) this, you know, and it's, it was so cool to see this crew work together and all of these pieces, like the lighting guy in, (laughs) in series, you don't think like, Oh, like there's a lighting guy. Like if the light is not right, everything stops. The lighting guy goes in, he goes and he changes things. He changes filters. We rented this house. Bailey had rented this house and we all get there at different times, depending on, you know, what, what's needed. And I just kind of wanted to be there for the whole experience. So at certain times when I knew I was like, okay, I'm not going to be needed, but I'm not going to leave and then come back. Like, I just want to be here and just absorb all of this and just watch all these moving pieces. And, uh, the lighting guy goes through and he unscrews all the light bulbs in the house. Yeah. Reese and then screws in the light bulbs that he brought to see if it best, if it best fits the mood. And so the light and the lighting is important. And then 
sitting next to uh, this guy on the couch who has this little monitor and he's adjusting the focus to every single shot that the camera is making. So the camera's moving around. He's sitting on the couch and he's turning this little dial. And then I'm just like, oh my gosh. But if the focus is off, the picture, you know, like all of these moving pieces that you don't think, and then the sound, and then the director, and then you have the actors, and then you have the camera. Well, and then you have the people that are watching to make sure that nobody's shadow or you're mm-hmm. not seeing somebody in the picture or that the boom isn't in. I mean, it really watching it and and seeing how this all goes down was so fascinating to watch because mm-hmm. it just exemplifies that the little things hold the big things together. 100%. And the amount of communication on set and the ability for them to communicate with one another mm-hmm. and communicate in stressful situations in, you know, tight time frames we're running out of time we need to they need to shoot it again and again and again Mm -hmm. and again and again and again and it was just so fascinating to to be a part of it like the amount of times that I had to come out of the bathroom Mm -hmm. pretending to cry I was like Bailey I'm not an actress this is gonna look silly (laughs) (laughs) so I mean it was just it was wild to just watch all the little tiny arms of like okay you guys have to go back and you have to make sure that you sit in the same spots and you actually need to sit here for Mm -hmm. this entire clip over and over and over again and then for this clip and this clip because you can't just all of a sudden these two girls disappear from the bar Mm -hmm. like we had to come out of the bathroom and go to the same spot and be Mm -hmm. in the same spot the whole time. being drunk girls who weren't drunk um <laughs> like at the counter pretending to want to order food or asking for another drink and the bartender being like no y'all are cut off yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's so true and then even the people who fed yes us like the people who fed or who are feeding the crew and you know 20 plus people three meals a day and you know because these people have to eat and they have to drink and yeah. then it's it's just it's a well-oiled machine yeah. and it was and fascinating it, it is it's very fascinating and to know that so everybody's goal is to have this product at the end that is that is produced well and even from you know the makeup to the wardrobe to you know the wardrobe is saying like hey don't get that too dirty because yeah. we have to reuse that in this scene and they just have they it, it was just it was so cool yeah. and even just like what we're talking about a lot of the time we discredit ourselves because we aren't the actor in, mm. you know, we aren't the one that's in front doing all the things, but yet they can't do the things if we don't do the things. Yeah. And other people can't do their things if we don't do the things, yeah. right? Or they can't do it as well. And so it really is uh, just another testament to the fact that, like, our contribution to the world is extremely important. Yeah. And it's like the the building blocks even of, okay, like people can build on top of us. We've built on top of others. You know, we've, we're have we next to others, right? And so it's, it was just this beautiful picture of really 
what it looks like. And then the grace too, when there's mistakes, you know, so the lighting's perfect, the sound is perfect, the video's perfect, and then somebody drops something, yeah. somebody trips over someone. It's like, all right, let's do it again, Yeah, you know? And, or something is just perfect <clears throat> until something happens or someone's phone rings, yeah. you know? And then it's just like, um, or a motorcycle drives by on a road <laughs> where you're like, oh my gosh, right? And it's, it's, yeah, it's it was just really cool to see that and to also then, look at even just like what we're talking about in this series and to be able to really see a behind the scenes, um, you know, yeah. production. Do you and, know something that I learned though from being on set tell with the me, movie? Tell me. Is I never, ever, ever want low rise pants <laughs> to ever come back into the fashion. <laughs> Guys, the movie was set in 2008. Dude, you nailed the hair and makeup. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> you mean my clothes? Yeah, yeah. Your clothes you said, and you, then you your said hair, hair and makeup. Yeah, just well, your hair was your stick hair straight was... hair. But you guys, I had an old um, like citizen pair of citizen jeans that were still. I don't know. I think I think they they ended up staying in my closet for some reason, and I was like, I definitely have pants from two thousand and eight because this was like the low rise, big, big like uh, I wouldn't say bell bottom at the bottom, but. For sure, the big flare at the bottom with, you know, some platform shoes and then the double layer tank tops with the lace pulled down over, which, you know, I mean, I rocked it. Mm. But my hips, I mean, the camera adds 20 pounds. So I, this is going to be really bad. Or does it add five pounds? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, there's sure. nothing. There was nothing College flattering about my outfit wearing what I wore in 2008 that I did at 42 and <laughs> having to pull up my pants all day long and realizing the struggle of the size of my buns inside of a pair of low rise pants that are, they're just constantly falling down. And that era of clothing, you guys, my butt crack was hanging out all the time. Yeah. Or you just have to wear something long enough to cover it, which I did, you know, the white tank top with the black tank top layered up over the top, oh, my bra yeah. strapped down. Like, I mean, I, I embodied you my drunk girl. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. You did a great job. And my, my drunk girl, all the clothes were from my closet that I still currently wear. Including that epic <laughs> belt. Epic belt with the bedazzled uh, with the jewels bedazzled. on it. I know. That was something else. I was once a country girl. <laughs> <laughs> you actually looked really cute, though. I know, it wasn't that? really that bad. I mean, nothing else. The lace on your shirt on the tank top gave yeah. you away. And the belt for sure gave you away. Yeah. But everything else, like you could have been at an Air Church concert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the boots, the boots mm -hmm. are good. Yeah, yeah shorts, shorts. I actually, those are like my staples. I yeah, wear, I wear those. Yeah, those well, shorts. your legs were rocking in it, but yeah, the lace and the belt really gave you away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, it was very fun. It was very, very fun. At one point, we were uh, leaning on a table in the back, pretending to be drunk, and you know, you're kind of thinking like, okay, how do I channel this drunk girl and. <laughs> You and I were like, well, we've been drunk together before. So let's, and I was like, but I really don't remember. And it's usually not just you and me, but. And you're not just like, oh, let's play drunk girls. So, you know, there was some fumbling and stumbling and, yeah, you know, it was, 
they said we did a good job. Yeah, they did. They I said mean, they're very job. encouraging humans. So they are. I can't imagine them being like, that was really bad. You guys, you girls, you girls, <laughs> you girls are terrible. Stick with your di- like, this is this is not something that uh, you should pursue. <laughs> yeah. Well, n- you, maybe not me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Speaking of day jobs and real jobs. Yeah. We got a podcast and we're talking <clears throat> about the core pillars of mm-hmm. uh, the foundations of everything that who we are, what we do for work, what we do inside of Drop Gym, what we do at Shift, uh, what we do every day with our members, the core pillars of what we stand for. And so in today's episode, we are talking about the uh, pillar of empathy. Mm-hmm. And going back, if you haven't listened to how many parts have we done? This is this is our third part. This is part three. Okay. So if you haven't listened, you can go back, listen to part one and two. And we're talking about these these pillars came out of this question are of what are the what are the products of necessity for every human soul mm-hmm. um, outside of water and all of that. And and so these are some of the pillars that we um, that we have stood on and the things that are so important to our humanity and empathy being one of those which you know, as we extrapolated our ideas and wrestled around with what we felt like empathy was, obviously the dictionary says one thing and we just sat down and kind of thought about what we felt like empathy was. And so we just came up with this idea that empathy is the ability to connect, understand, and feel the pain and struggles of another, no matter the discomfort. Mm. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And with that, we there were there's these introspective questions and then there's the exteroception of of engaging the outside world with these questions and those questions being who do you trust and who trusts you mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's so good the even if you think about i think i i think gosh my heart and my position my stance with empathy has changed over the years since you and i have even started working together Mm. and since camp 17 I still do believe that that definition is very accurate um what would you change I think that I changed the um gosh what is what is the it's not necessarily like a word but I was Mm. I just I I looked at empathy and I was like this is one of the most important things in like as far as like my heart felt like Mm. it is the most important thing well because you're such an empath totally like to connect with people Mm. and and so we need to be able to put ourselves in their shoes we need to be able to and i was just like oh like it was just uh and i think that the difference then to now is the the self-sacrifice or like that once was and it was, it was, you need to be empathetic. So you need to be self-sacrificial. You need to be able to almost like lose yourself to connect to th- this other person. Mm. And it, that wasn't conscious though. That yeah, I of wasn't, course. It wasn't like, this is what I, but that is what now I look at it and I conclude it as that, as okay, so I need to be able to feel the pain and struggle of this other human. And then in that, then there still is action and you're helping this person. And so, but not considering your own needs 
and your own boundaries, right? Oyoyoy is right. And so I think as I have grown and have been able to see what is healthy and be able to draw boundaries, not to protect myself, but to actually just take care of myself. Yeah. And, um, and you teach on the nervous system and, uh, we teach on the nervous system here, but you so beautifully draw and speak of it, uh, it's like I always tell people it's different every time, which oh, I just thanks. so enjoy um, because it's always it's always growing as you grow. It grows um, and it's it doesn't just grow up. You know, it grows. <laughs> it grows wide. It grows. It The roots just get stronger and deeper. Um, and it's it. I, I think it was probably maybe like four years ago. Because it was when we were in this space and you were talking about um, being overly empathetic and you like crashing, like your Mm. body like crashes. And I had experienced that in movement to the point to where I don't remember if I was working with you or I was working with Richard, one of our uh, our mentors. And um, and he was talking about just how collapsed your body can become. and it, like in when someone is overly empathetic hmm. and I was just like, what? Like, I don't think that that's possible. Right. Which I think that that was a healthy place to be because then, but yet I was curious as to what he meant. And then in movement, I was working with him and that was, that connection was made in my body. And hmm. then through your teaching and watching you, you teach, I was like, whoa, so this is collapsed in my body. However, it's also collapsed in my system, like my nervous system. And I don't feel fully even connected to myself when I try to be empathetic toward another human. Mm -hmm. And, and so I was like, gosh, well, what is the byproduct of that? Like what, not only just with my body, but what happens to me just like in the world? Like, where do I go? Um, And, and even we look at like, who do you trust and who trusts you? And that has been such a struggle in my life, just even trusting myself. And so I just feel like there were so many dots that were connected and it still is, it's, it is a journey for sure. Um, of me just learning to trust myself better and trust other people, but also just the realization that if I am too empathetic I actually like can crash my system to the point to where I lose myself. Well, and when you look at that, we we have to see that our behavior, our mindsets, what we believe, um, the patterns that we create, um, the behaviors that we play out, those those beliefs, they they affect our posture. They affect our bodies, mm-hmm. right? Like just because you think something in your head doesn't mean that it stays in your head. It affects your physiology mm-hmm. and, and it. Can you give an example of that? Oh, what, what do you mean? Like what it would look like physically on someone like. Yeah. Well, I mean, you even think about, if I, if every client that I work with, right, I, I'm connecting, I'm understanding, and I'm feeling the pain and the struggle of that person, mm-hmm. even the discomfort of that. And I, if I, I take it on, which 
so some of you guys, you, you empaths, you do that and it can feel crushing. I legitimately have no clue what that would even feel like to take all of that on because I just don't do it and I don't know how to do it. And I think for me for a really long time, being empathetic was, it felt foreign to me. I didn't know how to do it. And thank goodness that I have found friends who are empathetic and I've gotten to learn what it looks like, what it feels like, how it affects me. And, um, and it's rubbed off on me. And so I feel like I've acquired the the trait of it, which uh, psychology will say, if you don't learn empathy as a child, it's a very, very hard trait to learn as an adult. But if, if there's any of you listeners out there and you struggle with empathy, believe me, you can you can acquire the trait. You can practice. You can create uh, a new mindset about it. You can live differently. You can create different patterns um, because I have. And I can say now I, I understand I understand empathy mm. and without taking that on. But if, if, if you think about this as every time I am with somebody who's struggling, I decide that I need to take it on. I need to ruminate about their things. I need to figure out how to solve all their problems. I need to take those emotions on as my own in order for me to be able to be that with that person. If you can imagine those emotions as just weights being mm -hmm. put on your body or mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to pick up this person's struggle and I'm going to try to carry it for them. Um, and it's a sandbag. And then the next person and you're picking up theirs and you never put them down. Your hands are full mm -hmm. and you're weighted down by that. Mm -hmm. And so if if we look at if we look at that, the the end like crippling effect of too much empathy is just going to be a loss of identity because mm -hmm. we've taken on so many people's things that we don't know who we are anymore. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm taking things on, you can imagine what happens to the posture of a human, right? Like the shoulders may like round forward in just the the crumbling under a weight and the mm -hmm. head might move forward off of the shoulders to mm -hmm. try to like save energy and even though it's not and so I see that posture as just it's crippling it's crumbling my hands are my hands are taken up mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to move forward it's hard for me to know and uh, we do an I do an exercise in the gym that I'll ask somebody to pick up a bunch of sandbags all at the same time and hold on to all of them. And some people are so good at that. And then they feel so proud of themselves that they picked it up. But then I ask them to walk around in life mm -hmm. and to be able to stand up straight and their the realization of, oh, I can't, or they pick it up and they're walking backwards mm -hmm. and they can't see what's even going on behind them. And then you put something else on the ground, like a small plate and say like, Hey, this is a dream that's inside of you. Go ahead and pick that dream up and start, living it and that you can't you've got mm -hmm. sandbags of other people's weights that you're carrying around and I actually can't pick that up because it's my hands are full mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah and so if we can imagine that that visual of taking on so many so many people's other things that do you feel like in your 
renewed understanding, but still living from a place of being empathetic because you really are so good at being with people and, but then not taking it on and not being responsible for it. Do you feel like in this new understanding that it feels less weighty and it feels a lot easier for you to be with people? Yes. Yeah. 100%. In what way? Um, I feel like it is, I don't feel responsible for their, them moving forward. You know, I still struggle with that sometimes. But if we could bottle that up, we'd be rich. I know it. If we could bottle up, like, I can help you take responsibility for your life and I can do that. Like, yeah, yeah. we never I have don't. to work another day in our lives. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I, I just, I, yeah, I don't feel like I, like it has to, not that it has to be, but where, um, like they're really the only difference is I can still be empathetic and be with this person. But the only difference is, is that I'm not taking it on as my own. Yeah. You know, and I can sit with someone and feel with them. I can cry with them. I can be sad. I can be angry. I can feel injustice on their behalf. Um, and and yet still like knowing that that is their own and it not being like where like, okay, this is yours. I can sit here and, and you can tell me this and then I can, then you just leave and I'm not affected by you. So allowing myself to be affected by another human yeah. and then how does that affect, uh, impact my life is yeah. kind of where it is now where not, how does it affect me as if I am like with them, but even just, or are them, um, because I'm not, but even thinking about a situation where, gosh, if that were my, if that was my, my life, I'm grateful that it's not. How now am I going to live my life with a renewed perspective on life, yeah. you know, and on mine and on other people's or other relationships. And, um, I think so often, even people that are good at putting themselves in someone else's shoes and seeing their like a perspective and then having it shift their own. I feel like sometimes we, we will often be uh, inspired by just being like more grateful. So I think the most common one is when someone loses someone that they, that they love. So a friend of mine loses someone that they love. Right. And then, in sitting with them and being with them, then I think, oh my gosh, that deep sadness, I have these people, you know, still in my life. So I'm going, I'm grateful that they're still here. So now I'm going to go and spend time with them. And I, I feel like it often looks like that, but sometimes it can be, oh gosh, like I actually want this relationship, not just to be like super fluffy and um, I want it to be a little bit more genuine. I want it to be, I was like recently inspired by um, just, just really wanting to know the truth about certain things, you know, in just like my family. And, um, and so just connecting with family members a little bit deeper rather than just on a surface level. And it, but I was inspired by other people in their struggles with their own family, but then being with them and then realizing like, oh, they stayed in this, they stayed in conflict. And then the product of that was better relationship 
And I'm just like, gosh, so I'm with them in their struggle, but then they made a choice to do something different. And so it was like, not necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily call that empathy. It started off as that where I'm just like, gosh, I couldn't imagine a relationship like that with a family member. And then they stayed in it. And then it inspired me to, oh my gosh, like I can actually be in conflict with someone in my own family, or I can actually ask hard questions that I might be afraid of. And then the byproduct is actually going to be much better. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, I feel like often when we look at this, you know, we look at the definition as I'm, as I'm looking at it right now in front of me, it says, you know, the ability to connect, understand, and feel the pain and struggle. And a lot of people it's like, gosh, well, how, how do I really do that? And I used to think like, gosh, well, I'm going to picture myself without as well. So without that loved one again, and then it's just that, just that moment was just being empathetic where it's like, no, it actually can be just holding space for someone and, and feeling with them. Um, and so I feel like that it is, it's changed. My perspective has changed a lot on empathy as I've grown and become more healthy because I now no longer find um, that it's my job to fix other people. It's not my job. Uh, My worth and my value isn't to just take away their pain to make their struggle better. And you and I have had conversations where I'm just like, just allowing you to feel certain emotions, sadness or anger or frustration where I'm usually like, okay, well, what do we need to do to fix this? You know, to make it better. Yeah. How can I, how can I make this better for you? Or what can I do Yeah. to make this better? And in relationship, I feel like we do that often when really it's like, I think one of the parts where I've grown the most is just allowing people to ask me for help rather mm. than just assuming they need my help. Yeah. Um, and or assuming that they would really like it. Yeah. Um, because it takes something away from that other person as well. And it also takes something away from me too. Um, because it's that's just what I, I automatically move into is like, gosh, how can I make this better? Yeah. Like I feel this, but how can I take this away from you? Yeah. Um, and there's there's obviously two sides to this coin of those of those people that overly are empathetic and then there are those that really struggle with empathy which was definitely me and i think that when we when we look at when we look at the nervous system when we got caught in an overly sympathetic dominant lifestyle mindset body it's really hard to be with people because we're already maybe we're hyper vigilant maybe we are um we are we're not trusting of other people because of the trauma that we've been through through the pain that we've been through and we haven't ourselves dealt with it but i feel as if the more balanced i've gotten in my nervous system the more connected i have found myself the more in my body i have lived the more i have understand the more i've understand the more i understand sometimes why i'm doing what i'm doing i can i can see why empathy was such a struggle for me mm-hmm. and for some people i think being empathetic is really hard when we haven't connected to our own hearts because if i can't connect with my own emotions my own desires my own needs 
yes, I could look to take on other people's and help them in that way. But then there's the place where if I'm disconnected from my heart, it's really hard for me to be with you in that because empathy is just being with somebody, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm willing to be in the discomfort with you without trying to, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like distract from the situation or like you said, make the situation better or deflect or try to say something to make it feel better because I'm actually just uncomfortable with the space that you're in. I'm uncomfortable with you feeling what you feel because I'm uncomfortable with feeling in general as a human mm, mm -hmm. because of my own disconnect dis disconnection from my heart mm -hmm. and so I think the more that I've been able to sink into my heart understand let it have a voice um, I read this incredible book a couple, uh, like a year ago called the voice of the heart by Chip Dodd and it was a game changer for me it was so helpful just to give my heart a voice in so often we use our mind to shut down our heart we actually start to use our mind to give our heart a voice mm -hmm. And so I think it's been so much easier for me to be with people because I am learning to be with me mm -hmm. and my own humanity mm -hmm. and my own, uh, my own mistakes. And again, I've been on, I've been like on a heart self-compassion journey for about 18 months and it's been a really big wrestle and it's been really hard and it's been really uncomfortable and it's been really exposing. And it's been so vulnerable. Um, but the the byproduct of it is the ability to connect with my heart so that I can just be with other people instead of like, your emotions are making me feel super uncomfortable. So let me say something to squash that to make it feel better so that I don't have to be with you. Or mm -hmm. let me come in and try to hush you while you're crying because your tears make me uncomfortable because my tears make me uncomfortable, mm -hmm. right? And so it it feels it feels so well it feels amazing it feels mm -hmm. it feels incredible to be able to be with people to um, trust my own heart and then be able to be with people and to trust other people's hearts mm -hmm. and then trust them with mine and me be able to be a human that they feel like they can trust me with theirs mm-hmm I feel like that might have been just very confusing. Then. No, I, I mean, I was following it. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're, the crow flies. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we might have to explain that a little later. <laughs> uh, so I think too, so even when we were, one of the beautiful things that we do inside the gym is that, and I just love this and it's just the way that my mind works in, in this situation, but it is like, so we have a concept, right? And then we need to experience the concept. And so we have an idea, we have a teaching, and then we need to experience it, right? Yes. And that is the most important thing, I think. And the reason why what we do works so well is mm -hmm. because we can sit it's in potent. the back. Yeah, we can sit in the back of the room and you can listen to a teaching and you can say, all right, the next time that someone comes to me and they have somebody who has died in their family, I now can have, is that a nose whistle? It is a nose whistle. <laughs> It's always out of my left nostril. I know. Actually, it's I weird. just heard it. I've been hearing it since we started. <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> uh, is that a whistle? 
Um, so the, I don't know, I've like lost my train of thought. Um, however. <laughs> okay. So this has now just become a joke in the house because a friend was staying at the house a couple months ago and uh, my bedroom is upstairs and the guest bedroom is upstairs. So the master Jack and Jill bathroom is upstairs, two sinks, all the things. So I share the bathroom with guests that come into the house and a friend of ours was in the house and I like to, I have this like little tiny light in the bathroom that sort of keeps it dim, getting ready to go to sleep. And so the bathroom's not really bright and so it can feel kind of like eerie in there, you know, and we walk into the bathroom and we're both at the sink, like probably getting ready to brush our teeth or wash our face or something. And my friend looks at me and she says, do you hear that sound? And I'm like stopping to listen. She's like, it's like a whistle <laughs> in this, like that there's, you know, something creepy in the house. And I inhaled and I was like, oh, that's my nose. It's whistling. <laughs> and she about fell on the floor. And so now it's just my nose whistle is just in, a can joke. Can you breathe in your nose? I don't right want now. to. Come on, please do it. Okay. I wonder if the sound. I wonder if the sound cloud will pick it up. It probably will. Yeah, but and I now just, you won't be able to unhear it now. I'll try not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, just like go with normal. Just do normal. Anyways, <laughs> um, okay. So back to uh, back to this this little nugget here. So. I took a nap one day and I um, I took a nap, woke up and it was about a 15 minute nap and I woke up and I was just like, oh my gosh, I have a brilliant idea. You're not going to give the idea away. Yes, correct? I am. No. Oh, come no, on. No, you got to You can get the idea. Do not give the workout away. You got to come, come on. No, you got to come and it's be out in with the world us by so many you gotta people. You got to come and be with us in the five come days. Come on. No, you can talk about the brilliance of it. But I do oh, not feel well, like you should I give this away. Feel, come on. Just talk around it. Just talk <laughs> around Lou, you're it. You're killing me. <laughs> I know, but it's so beautiful. Don't give it away. Well, there's just so many things that All like All right, fine. Yeah. Give away our secrets for free. <laughs> You guys, one of Chantel's gifts inside of our business is I feel like I'm super nerdy and I, I, you know, like the sciencey geeky things and it, it never was on purpose, but it, I would talk about an idea and be like, blah, 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 blah. And then Chantel would go, oh, I woke up from a nap and I got this idea or, oh, I have this idea. And so from different ideas that we've talked about, Chantel's mind, because she works so beautifully in story and um, in connection and as well as analogies and things like that, which is the way that her mind works. And she's a great storyteller. And sometimes I'm like, hey, Thanks, can buddy. you can you get to the point? And she's like, I'm, but I'm telling the story. I'm like, okay, I'll be patient. Um, and then sometimes she's like, oh my gosh, I'll get to the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm learning that where I'm like, okay, those details were not Where you necessary. forget where you were like, what was I even talking about? Because I got yeah, so far off so the, far the beaten off. path of this story. But Chantel's mind is so good at creating movement experiences to elicit what the conversation was to... Mm be able to practically apply this idea of empathy or contribution or um, celebrate all, all of them. I mean, for every pillar you have created an 
epic workout, mm. an epic movement experience. Because yes, it's a workout, but it's not. It, it's an experience. Mm-hmm. And it can be, and it will feel like a workout because there's, you know, equipment involved. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's so impactful. And I'm so grateful that it's not just my mind that wraps around these ideas because we would be missing such an impactful physical piece to this that really like strips down the idea to naked and says, Mm -hmm. this is how you, how, how do you do with dealing with other people's emotions? Mm -hmm. How do you deal with other people's struggles? And we can say, I do this and this and this, and then boom, Chantel's brain is, Hey, let's create this movement experience. Mm -hmm. And then, then tell me, Mm -hmm. When you just got stripped down naked and you were very exposed, how did you engage empathy on a real practical level with somebody? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we have an idea of how we respond to everything. Okay, I'm okay with you telling people about it. Okay, good. I mean, I know you're going to do it anyways, but I'm actually okay with it. Yeah, okay, good. We have an idea of how people are going to, how we're going to respond to something, right? And then we sometimes, and it's not like, okay, we're going to role play. And I think that sometimes is what, what gives us another false, it, 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 it's basically saying, this is how you're supposed to respond. So this is how I want you to respond. I want you to practice responding the right way. (laughs) And then when you actually get put in the situation, you're going to have this nice rehearsed idea of what to do right guys you probably won't because your system wasn't under the stress of the situation for you to respond well yeah and so and so with that then it's like no let's actually make a real situation this is a real situation this isn't a role play situation this is a real situation this is a really good point i've never thought about it like this yeah and so it's not a i haven't really either and it's not we're not practicing it. It's actually there. We have the tools and now we get to maybe now we get to apply them. And so the concept is with empathy that you are walking next to someone, you are with someone as they're going through something hard, right? So, um, and this could be anything. These could be things that they've chosen. These could be things that have happened in their life um, that they are subject to other people's choices. Um, you know, something happening with the, their job or whatever it is, a hardship. And they need some support, right? There's difficult times, there's struggle. So how do I connect with this person during their difficult time and their struggle? And how does the person who is in the struggle respond to somebody being empathetic towards them. Yes. Yes. So so when I I ask them to like okay, I want you to pick a I want you to pick a sandbag and you're going to walk with the sandbag and you're going to have someone else walk next to you. So let's say for instance like you pick up a sandbag and the sandbag is um it's considerably light for you. Okay, so it's on the lighter side and we're walking, I'm walking with you and I'm just walking with you. You don't struggle, not one bit. We make it all the way around the building, which is the instruction. Um, And then you put the sandbag down and it's like, oh, okay, that was great. You maybe breathed a little heavy. You maybe grunted or complained a couple times and I'm walking next to you. So the goal of the person walking with the other person that's holding the sandbag is to just be present with them, to be present with them to uh, to stay connected to them. And 
So if the if the bag is light, nothing is nothing's coming to the surface, right? It's it is an, an everyday like let's just sit and have coffee together or let's go on a walk together. So some people believe that that is what that's what the goal is is to go around without having any trouble or any difficulty, right? And so what happens then is the person that's walking with you has no opportunity to be with you in anything that you're going through in that situation. There's no struggle. There's no difficulty. I'm not affected by you in any way. In any way. You don't need me. You don't need to ask me for anything in any way, right? And so you're letting me see the struggle that you're in. And right now it's only 40 pounds worth, right? And so we look at the, do you, who do you trust and who trusts you where it's, it is like if I were to pick up the 120 pound sandbag, which is an extremely, that is an extreme difference, 40 and 120 pounds. People are like, oh yeah, it's there. But it, I mean, it is with a sandbag carry and with a distance. Let's if, be real. You probably, in order to do a real empathy sandbag carry, you need to be like carrying a 160 pound bag or something. 120 still yeah. would be so light for you. Yeah, totally. Come on, let's be <laughs> yeah. real. Let's be well, honest I wasn't about talking this, about okay. me, you know. <laughs> Um, and so if, if you picked up that size sandbag, what that says to me, knowing what this is, is that you're going to trust me with your messy cause it's going to get messy. Yeah. You're going to drop that bag. You're going to come to a point where it feels like it's too much. You're going to question a lot of things. You're going to question <laughs> your choices. ability. You're going to question your choices. You're going to question whether or not you can actually trust yourself to stay connected when it's this hard. You are, and connection doesn't always mean without tears, without mm. expression, you know, without frustration, without verbalizing certain things, right? It's the reality of the situation. It is, is that it is hard. And the goal is not to namaste reality away, mm. right? It's not to say like, oh, I need to find a weight that I can, this is, the, this is the weight that I can stay completely calm. Well, who says that life is supposed to be without struggle, without difficulty, um, without your feathers being ruffled? You live in like society where you have people who are unkind, people who are mean, people who die, people who get sick, um, and also on the other side, you know? Yeah, but I can't let anybody see that I'm affected by anything and that I struggle. I need I need for the mask and for the facade to be that I have everything together Yeah, so that I will still be loved, that I will not be rejected, that love will not be removed, and that you won't throw me away. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is then you are not a burden to me. Exactly. Right? And so the more you struggle, the more time this person has to wait as you carry this bag because you have to drop it. You, The more time that you're standing there is, okay, I, I don't want you to have to do that. I don't want you to be affected by the reality of my life. The... I don't want you to be affected by my weakness. Mm. I don't want you to be affected by um, by my fear. I don't want you to be affected by by me, by, by my the, tears, by my anger, by yeah. my loud noises, by the snot mm -hmm. running down my nose. Mm -hmm. And so what happens too is then we start to walk and 
if I'm walking with you and you're the one that's carrying the bag and you're dropping it and you don't want me to be affected by all of this, or I'm just like, I just want to make it stop for you. Or I'm annoyed that you keep dropping it. Uh huh. So yeah. So like if, if you, yeah. So if, if you're, if you're carrying the bag and I get annoyed and I'm just like, ugh, like be better. Yeah. Lose like, oh, because then what happens too is that I, as I'm walking with you and you're carrying the bag, I'm actually keeping track of how many times you drop the bag because then I'm going to be affected when we come all the way back around, we come back into the gym and I'm going to do burpees for every time that you drop the bag. What? It's going to be three burpees for every time. So if you think like, okay, your, your partner drops it 30 times. I'm going to do 90 burpees. I am going to do 90 burpees and you're not because you carried the bag, right? You The non-carrier does the burpees. Yeah. The non-carrier is affected by the drops of the carrier. Yeah. So if Lou is carrying the bag, I'm the one that does the burpees. I'm walking with her and I'm the one that does the burpees, but Mm -hmm. she knows that. So even in that... She has, before we choose the weight of the bag, she is, she's thinking like, oh, if I, if I choose the 120, I know I'm going to drop it 15 times, like at least, or the thought is, you know that, but you also don't know that, right? So the goal isn't for you to carry that bag to where I'm not affected by you. But some might choose that so that I don't, you, some people will choose a lighter bag. So that I don't have to do any burpees. Yeah. So, so many things are revealed, Mm -hmm. right? So many things are revealed in like uh, even your ability to make a sound or make a noise. So we'll hold our breath and we we won't make a sound, but we'll drop it multiple times, right? We'll drop it multiple times. And it's, it's so interesting to see because it is, it is not, it's an exercise. Yes, but it's not pretend. Yeah. You know, it's in this moment right now, you're making a choice for yourself. Yeah. You're making a choice for your partner as well. You're making a choice. And it is, it is definitely a vulnerable place um, because it is not like, oh, you're just, you know, if you and I were to do it together, it would make sense because I'm like, girl, I'm in this with you. Yeah. If you drop it, if you carry that 160 pound bag, hell yeah. Like, let's go. Yeah. And you drop it every 10 feet. I am still going to be there with you. You have people that you have the capacity to do that with. You don't have the capacity to do that with every person in your life. Yeah. You know, to go that deep. You can still be with people. Like when you make certain choices in your life, you're my business partner, you're my roommate, you're my best friend. And so I am affected by a lot of your choices, right? You are affected by a lot of my choices. If it was somebody that I, worked with in inside the gym and a client of mine in their life and they're they're telling me what they're going through or they made it cho- I'm affected in that moment and I might be impacted in my life but I don't have the capacity as because I already have those those few people that I'm really 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 affected by and I'm down I'm like signed up to be with them in yeah. the trenches. You know, I'm signed up to be down there with them, not to carry their weight, but to just yeah. be like I'm in this with you. And I'm in this with you in the sense that I'm not carrying the bag, but man, it's going to take time. Yeah. It's going to it's going to affect my body. I'm going to be sore tomorrow. I'm going to I'm going to be tired today. Yeah. I'm going to 
I might cry a little bit too. You know, I might also question, gosh, is this something I really want to be doing? Or do I have the capacity? Because if I don't physically have the strength to do 45 or 50 burpees, when you are carrying the, you know, like, yeah, I have to also, because then you look at like, okay, who am I partnering with in life? Do they have the capacity to to actually be with me in these hard yeah. times? Yeah. Are they strong enough themselves to even be with people yeah. like that? And not to, because there's going to be some people that do this. And if I'm walking with you and my heart is to always want to take away your struggles, mm-hmm. I might want to try to pick up the bag for you so Mm -hmm. that you can do that but that's not an option Mm -mm. and the way that the bag is carried is in like the front of the body with a hug carry it's not something that you just toss over your shoulder Mm -hmm. and bear it's that uncomfortable front hug carry that just it really changes the game because you can't run and hide from it at all Mm -mm. and so many things happen too you get sweaty you know your hands get slippery you don't have any chalk. You're, and then you also get, so the person that's walking, so I'm walking with you as you carry, you also have the opportunity to tell me what you need in that moment. Because if while you're under stress and somebody's like, you can do it, girl, you can do it. And they just like, if I can do it, you can do it. Which by the way, is the worst thing that you can ever say to anyone. I'm sure there's worse things, but it's pretty not great. I know. I just, I had somebody say that the other day to someone and I was like, Hey, do you know what that means? That means that if you can do it, anybody can do it. And basically you just put yourself down. (laughs) You did. You just said, if I can do it, you can do it. That's not true. I can do a lot of shit that other people can't do. That would never come out of my mouth to someone. If I can do it, you can do it. No, that's not true. <laughs> not but true. it makes me feel better if I'm saying that to you. If I'm saying to you, if I can do it, you can do it. Because I'm so uncomfortable with watching you struggle. Mm-hmm. Because when some people do this, they literally will incessantly speak because the anxiety inside of them is so high watching somebody else struggle Mm -hmm. and them not being able to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you just can't be with that person. You know, just be with them. Yeah. You don't have to make it better for them. Yeah. It's, it's that same, that same concept of like, if I were, if you're crying and I go to hug you. I want to be the kind of woman where when I hug you, you're just able to continue to cry and really let it out. And not feel like I need to be quiet. Yeah. I'm not hugging you to hush you. Yeah. I'm not walking with you with this sandbag to make this better for you. I want, I think one of the, the, uh, what is so needed in life in struggle and difficult seasons is to know that you have somebody with you, you know, like in your corner. Like I have somebody there and and they don't need to make it better. But I think that that is where I feel like the freedom. And even with me, like sometimes I just want to be in in my struggle and I actually don't want you to make it better for me. Yeah. Because um, I don't get to grow. No. And sometimes it's really irritating because it's like <laughs> this isn't your struggle. This isn't as easy. It might be easy for you, but it's not easy for me. Yeah. And so also acknowledging like the the phrase if i could do it you can do it no this might be easy for you if i was carrying if i carried the 200 pound bag around the block 
and then somebody else attempted to do it, and I'll be like, if I could do it, you could do it. You would want to kick me in the teeth. <laughs> you know? So it's that it's that same that same thing where if if while I'm carrying a sandbag and you're cheering me on and you're saying, Come on, come on, you can do it. Like, let's go, girl, let's go. And I say, Hey, I just need you to be here with me right now. I don't need any I don't need you to like, I don't need you to be my cheerleader. I just need you to be you being present with me is the most important thing right yeah. now. And then you to also be not offended by that and yeah. be able and get to, to honor that need. Yeah. And say, yeah. okay, yeah. I'm going to be here with you. Yeah. And if you need anything, you let me know. Yeah. And it also doesn't mean that you like just are silent like the whole time. You can say like, you know, you can say, do you need anything? Like the opportunity, just check in every once in a while. And, but some people want to escape the moment and they're just like, well, just talk to me and just tell me a story. Yeah. Just distract me from being inside of my body. Yes. Yeah. And so it just gives you so many opportunities. This exercise does to be with someone and watch them struggle. And it's, it is one of the most beautiful things that we do. I yeah. feel like in here. So ultimately, if you want to do this, whether you're a coach or a human who just wants to do this, it is a sandbag carry. We have a loop. It's about 550 to 600 meters. And that's what we use. You could totally use something different. Mm -hmm. Both people head out. We have little bean counter bead things that help keep the count up. If Chantel grabs a sandbag, I'm walking with her and I am keeping track of how many times she drops the bag and I'm walking with her. And when she gets to the end, I walk over, I write my name on the board and I write down how many times she dropped the bag. And then it's my turn. I go find a bag, which is not the bag that she chose. It can be, but the, that's the beauty of being with other people. Of we, we may not be able to, I'm not going to carry as heavy of a sandbag as Chantel is going to carry, mm -hmm. but I'm going to carry a bag that is challenging for me that I get to grow with and that she is affected by. So I pick up my bag and then we go walk. She's counting how many times in that 550 to 600 meter carry that I drop the bag. Mm -hmm. And then she comes back in, she writes her name on the board and how many times I dropped it. And then she just watched me and walked with me. So now I am going to watch her do let's say I she drops it or I dropped it 11 times she's gonna do 33 burpees and I am gonna watch her do the burpees I'm not gonna do them with her mm -hmm. I am going to watch her be affected by what I did mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then we're gonna flip it around and do the same thing and now I, I feel like one of the most awkward things to watch is when someone picks a bag that they don't want to affect anybody. They don't want to drop the bag. And the goal is like, because when we get to the end of this, I always say the goal was not to not drop the sandbag. The goal was not to walk around the building mm -hmm. and never drop the sandbag. The goal was to walk the sandbag around the building mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and grow. Mm -hmm. And so the most awkward thing is to watch somebody like pick up a bag Mm -hmm. and drop the bag a lot and for the other person to be affected and to do so many burpees and then for the person that carried a really light bag 
for there to be like no burpees Mm -hmm. and to know, wow, I actually didn't affect this person at all. I actually didn't grow either. Mm -hmm. And like the trophy of it is like not (laughs) affecting the other person. Yeah. Which folks, it ain't a trophy. No, it's not because it's not reality. Totally. You know, it's not reality. And I think that is one of the most important things we we do inside this space and what we have found value in is really one creating a space where there is safety to be yourself but then also to honor other people's strengths honor your strengths Mm. and leave room for people's weaknesses or their doubts or um and for them to make mistakes, yeah. you know, and, and I think it is, I did a little post the other day and, um, on Instagram where it's just like with reality and just really being nice to yourself. And sometimes it's not just about, sometimes you do need to be optimistic, you know, and you don't need to be so pessimistic about what, what could possibly happen or the situation. You need yeah. to look at the good things, but if, you're looking at the good things to make you feel better about the bad things. That's not healthy. That, that habit, that routine is not healthy. It's just even in, it's the denial of reality. It is. And it, I remember, um, I mean, not to like drop this bomb, but I remember when my brother died when I was 20 years old and he was a wild dude. He was a wild man and he got in a lot of trouble and he caused our family a lot of heartache in many seasons. And um, he was difficult as a little guy and he was difficult as a, as a grown man. And um, I remember that when he died, everybody was just like speaking like he was this angel. And I was like, who are you talking about? <laughs> he was a pain in the ass. Like he was... So wild, so crazy. You guys didn't know what to do with him. I remember we when he lost was... sleep many a night. Yeah, <laughs> I remember waking up in the middle of the night. Him, like, I mean, I wish were... I could have met him. Oh, me too. <laughs> he was just—he was so fun. I mean, think of like, think of uh, Jim Carrey and the brilliance, like the comedy brilliance, and just he was always making a joke about something, but he was one of the smartest guys that I ever met. Mm. Like he could help me with my homework when I was in school and without even a calculator. I mean, it was like the, how fast his brain worked and he loved to fish and he loved to ride his bike and be active. And uh, I remember he was really tall and he played football and um, I re- he would always sack the quarterback and he would just, he was so big and skinny. And I remember him just like the way he would walk away from just nailing the quarterback. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh my gosh, like that's my brother. And, um, but it's, it's really important to honor everything that is the life of another person, but also it's really important to honor your life and the good and bad that happens in your life. Um, the difficult times, the things it's important to acknowledge the things that you are good at, which for most women, most people, that's not, um, we don't really, 
talk about that that often or say it out loud. We talk about the things that we're not doing, the things that we need to do better, and which is important to acknowledge those as well. Um, but it's it's when you look at someone's life and you look at your own life, I feel like you're doing it a disservice or you're not even, you're not honoring. Like I feel like when people don't talk about how wild and a pain in the butt my brother was, you're not really honoring the reality of his presence here on earth. Like (laughs) you aren't. It's like the reality is, is that there was this tension and, um, and yet also it just brings like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah, I remember those those nights when like he didn't come home and he got so grounded when he came back so grounded so grounded and you're in so much trouble (laughs) (laughs) like debating like putting the things that he did that my parents didn't know about like in my pocket and being like (laughs) if you don't do this or if you don't if you i'm gonna i'm gonna blackmail um oh yeah the moments of blackmail were definitely uh there with he and i but um yeah i think that it's really important to practice um like letting people in live a life of like letting people in and learning to trust those around us um learning to trust ourselves and and because even in like you think about the sandbag carry, like, do I trust myself to even carry a heavy bag? Yeah. Do I? Because it's it's two different things. I mean, you you can't go wrong. You can't do the sandbag carry wrong mm. because it is an experience. Yeah. You can't do the empathy carry wrong because yeah. it is an experience. Light, middle, heavy. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. It's it is just yeah. It's so beautiful. Um, well, so if you would like to come experience this with us, with us, uh, we do have a couple spots left in our October five day shift. Mm-hmm. It is October 18th through the 22nd. It's a Wednesday evening through a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I think we have one spot left. I mean, maybe if two people signed up, we'd be like, sure, we'll take an extra one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, registration yeah, uh, closes yes. on next, next Friday. Friday. Yes. Yep. What's next Friday? Shut down. Next Friday is the October. Wait. Your birthday is on the tenth, which is a Tuesday. What on a Tuesday? On a Tuesday. Um, um, so yeah, if you would like to come and join us, the sixth, the sixth, October we'll sixth, plenty of other things, but this will be will be a part of it. But if you are looking for more, if you're looking for a big shift, if you're looking to understand your body, your heart, your mind better if you're looking for clarity if you're looking for vision if you're looking for inspiration if you're looking for encouragement Mm -hmm. uh that is it is one of the most epic things that we do we have a two-day that we do it's amazing but we Mm -hmm. get five five days and that is lots of space to communicate just so much space yeah so much space it's so great um i have a question for you yes what do you call a reluctant potato I don't know. A hesitator. (laughs) That's a good one. Isn't that good? Oh, yeah. That was a good one. That was a very good one. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for joining us uh, for this episode of Dear Life I'm In. Um, You can follow us on Instagram. Actually, we have 
two different uh, two different places where you can follow us at Drop Gym Effect and then also Drop Gym Medford. Yes, you can also find Chantel on Instagram at chantel.dayton. You can find me, Lou Crenshaw, on uh, Instagram at Lou Crenshaw. Mm-hmm. You can also register, sign up. Uh, join us. Find out more more about us. You can join us at the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't. We have not gotten our 2024 schedule uh, set for all things drop gym events, but we will be doing that soon within the next couple of days. Right? Yeah. So yeah. we have our five day left in 2023, and we also have a two day shift uh, in November. I think it's the first weekend in November. I think it might be November third and fourth. So we do have mm-hmm. one more two day shift, one more five day shift left if you want to come and join us uh, and just get a, a better experience of what we do, who we are. But then you can just join us if you're local, come join us in the gym. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you can find all that information out on dropgym.com. Thank you for liking and sharing and subscribing and mm-hmm. commenting and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, putting the stars on these things so that people find us. We would love for you to share this on your social medias and that would be excellent that would be so excellent yes yeah so thanks for listening to us banter we hope you have an incredible day and we will see you back here very very soon for Mm -hmm. part four oh my gosh bye-bye bye-bye